You're listening to Tom Fitton's weekly update here on JW TalkNet. Hi, everyone. Judicial Watch President Tom Fitton here with our weekly update here on social media. Thanks for joining us this week. I uh, may not be around this week for a live presentation, so I recorded this special weekly update with frequently asked questions by you, our supporters out there, about what Judicial Watch is up to and the current crisis facing us here in Washington, D.C. in terms of corruption. So let's get right to it. I've got a bunch of questions here. I'll read the question, I'll give you the answer, and hopefully you'll know more not only about Judicial Watch, but also uh, the real goings-on here in the swamp. First question, what is Judicial Watch? Now, I assume everyone knows what Judicial Watch is, but you may not know what it is. We're a nonprofit educational foundation. We were founded in 1994. We're a charity, which means that you can write us checks and support our great work. And our mission is to, uh, as our motto says, uh, make sure no one's above the law. We ensure transparency, accountability, and integrity in government politics and the law. And to that end, we file Freedom of Information Act lawsuits, which are transparency lawsuits that require the government to give us records. We actually ask first, and then we sue if we don't get the answers or the documents we're entitled to under the law. And also, we file direct lawsuits against government agencies or politicians when they break the rules and violate the law. Now, you may know about our FOIA cases on the deep state and Russia and Hillary Clinton emails and IRS. All of those are Freedom of Information Act cases. Then, of course, we have election integrity cases where we sue states and localities to force them on behalf of our clients and Judicial Watch to clean up their election rolls. And then we have categories of cases known as taxpayer lawsuits where taxpayers can challenge illegal activity or illegal expenditures uh, by local and state governments. And uh, we have some lawsuits, and we filed lawsuits like that in the past. We have a big one pending against San Francisco, a taxpayer lawsuit over San Francisco's deadly, dangerous, uh, illegal alien sanctuary policy. So as I said, Judicial Watch has been around uh, since 1994. So uh, we have a pretty strong record of pursuing government corruption irrespective of party. We are not Republican or Democrat. We don't involve ourselves in endorsing or opposing candidates. We can't do that by law. Uh, We're nonpartisan. It doesn't mean we're not uh, philosophically inclined to a certain uh, direction. And we are conservative, that means. It means that we uh, take a skeptical view of big government, support strong national defense and economic liberty and personal freedom and traditional cultural values. Uh, So... Uh, we're, in the end, though, an anti-corruption group. And it seems to me, whether you're liberal or conservative, Republican or Democrat, independent, whatever, you don't like corruption. So Judicial Watch has widespread support. We have about a staff of 50. Uh, we have hundreds of thousands of supporters. And uh, there's simply no one else doing this sort of watchdog work here in Washington, D.C. that Judicial Watch is doing. Uh, The next frequently asked question is, who are you? Well, I'm Tom Fitton, a president of Judicial Watch. I'm about six feet, uh, 200. Wait, that's not what you want to know about. Uh, I've been here at Judicial Watch for about 20 years. It's my 20th year anniversary this year. And uh, so I started during the Clinton administration, went through the Bush and Obama, and now we're during the uh, Trump administration. Uh, I went to school at George Washington University. 
I come from a big family. I'm uh, uh, married. I've got uh, three wonderful girls, uh, children, and uh, you know I work my tail off here at Judicial Watch for you. And so, uh, and of course, I'm president of Judicial Watch. So that's uh, my general background. What can you tell us about the Clinton email scandal? Well, I can tell you a lot about the Clinton email scandal. Uh, Judicial Watch uncovered the Clinton email scandal back in 2014. And how did we figure it out? Well, we had gotten some documents from the uh, State Department in investigating the Benghazi scandal. And the documents that we had gotten were the smoking gun documents showing the Obama White House were behind the lies of uh, that the video made them do it, as opposed to an al-Qaeda based terrorist attack on our consulate and uh, security facility in Benghazi on September 11th, 2012. So we showed that the White House was behind the lies because they were pretending it was the intelligence community. In fact, it was a White House PR effort that had Susan Rice go out there and try to uh, suggest the video made these uh, a spontaneous, uh, a video made, created a spontaneous demonstration that resulted in the attack, when in fact it was a premeditated, coordinated terrorist attack. And that was something that was inconvenient to the administration because Barack Obama had this view, had this uh, motto out there, or a campaign slogan, uh, that bin Laden is dead, GM is alive. So he was running on his success fighting terrorism. And it's hard to do that if your ambassador and three other innocent Americans are murdered in a terrorist attack on an anniversary of 9-11, in this case, 9-11-2012. So they lied to protect Obama from um, the consequences of his, of his and Hillary Clinton's maladministration of the issues in Libya, where they took out Gaddafi, allowed him uh, to be murdered, and into that vacuum rushed all the terrorists that want to destroy the United States and still do. Uh, so we uncovered that big scandal. And the document we uncovered that Congress hasn't been able to get, and then Speaker John Boehner was all uh, outraged that Judicial Watch got the document and Congress didn't, and he dropped his objections to a select committee on Benghazi. So that created the select committee. And our, our document release created the select committee. You wouldn't know about Trey Gowdy but for Judicial Watch's activities. Uh, but we noticed in all that Benghazi material that we had received, there were no Clinton emails. And I remember thinking at the time, well, maybe Hillary Clinton didn't, um, uh, didn't use emails. She had been a senator. She had been a first lady. She had run for the office of president once before against Barack Obama and lost. Uh, so maybe the email revolution and, and uh, that, communication, uh, uh, that communication technique had passed her by. She didn't use it. It wouldn't be out of the realm of possibility. But just because I thought that might be the case, it didn't mean we didn't figure out, we'd want to figure out one way or another whether that was true. So we asked more specifically for documents about Hillary Clinton and Benghazi. And the Justice Department came back to us, because the Justice Department represents the State Department, and they came back to us later that year in 2015. Yeah, it was 2000, was it 14 or 15? I think it was 2014 now. Forgive me. It's getting, uh, I'm getting, uh, I forget the years in my old age. So they came back to us at the end of 2014 with uh, uh, some documents we'd already gotten. And our lawyer, I remember, Ramona Kutka, 
came back to, went back to them and said, well, where are Clinton emails? Where did you search for these records? And they came back to us, and they wouldn't say they were Clinton emails, but they said, oh, well, there are other documents we have to look at. And then in February of 2015, they tell the court, we gave Judicial Watch everything other than these other documents we have to look at. And sure enough, a few weeks later, it shows up in the New York Times, I think, in a leak designed to take, uh, 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 to get ahead of the story, that there were the Clinton emails. So there's no doubt our FOIAs forced the release of the Clinton emails. So we were, had these cases on Benghazi. We had these cases on Clinton uh, ethics agreements where her husband was getting all this money and they were supposed to run it by ethically in the State Department. So that was a big case. And all sorts of other cases that were involved in the Clinton email, that were impacted by the Clinton email lies because we didn't know she had emails. They were telling us they searched everywhere when in fact they hadn't searched everywhere there were these Clinton emails. So uh, that's the long story about how we uncovered uh, the Clinton email scandal. And the emails show that she had classified information on her system. She was warned not to use emails like that because it would uh, place the information at risk. Uh, they, uh, the subsequent investigation showed that, that she destroyed emails once it was uncovered. And of course, you know, you had all this, this fake FBI investigations uh, and which showed that there was obstruction as well in the destruction of devices, uh, the uh, dishonesty to the FBI, and then, of course, uh, the emails also documented pay for play, where the Clinton Foundation uh, donors were getting special favors and consideration at the State Department uh, through uh, communications with Yuma Abedin, who was a top official uh, for Hillary Clinton, one of her top aides. So all of that was uncovered by Judicial Watch in the middle of the presidential election. And we had no idea that Hillary Clinton was going to run for president. But it all came out during that time because the cover-up broke in 2015. So the timing was terrible for Hillary Clinton. We also received the ability in one of our cases to depose top Hillary Clinton aides in the middle of 2016. So you can see how Judicial Watch's investigations in Benghazi and uh, Clinton pay for play and conflicts of interest. Uh, remember Hillary and Bill were getting money from all these foreign governments while she was Secretary of State, including the Russians? We uncovered all of that. And that, in my view, was the most significant non-governmental, non-governmental investigation in American history. It was Judicial Watch that did it all. Is Hillary, so that's, that's, that's the Clinton email scandal. And the other part of the scandal is the Obama gang protected her, but you know that. Is Hillary Clinton ever going to jail? Probably not, but maybe in the sense that I am surprised by the intensity that many Americans have about this issue still, two years after the election, nearly two years after the election. I think people are outraged that she was protected from the consequences of her criminal behavior by the Obama Justice Department and the FBI. I think they can't fathom why this Justice Department and this FBI, especially given the views of President Trump, uh, don't want to pr criminally prosecute her. So maybe the will of, of the American people, and I'm not saying just because the mob wants to go after Hillary that she be prosecuted, 
No, if it were anyone else, she would have been prosecuted. In fact, she probably would have been arrested. So there's always a chance that she gets prosecuted if the Justice Department gets off its stuff. And I don't know if that's going to happen. If past experience is any indication of, of uh, what's going to happen, no. Uh, but we're going to keep on working to expose what went on and hopefully allow uh, the American people to see all the corruption that still needs to be prosecuted, and maybe that will lead to prosecutions. Next question. Why is Judicial Watch the only game in town when it comes to uncovering and fighting government corruption? Well, you know, I'd like to think that we're not the only game in town, but practically speaking, we are, in terms of being the only group consistently and devotedly uh, uh, committed uh, to uncovering government corruption. Uh, Congress is generally out to lunch. There are some members of Congress that are interested in these corruption issues and pursuing documents because they've seen what Judicial Watch has been able to do and have been uh, uh, motivated to do the work themselves despite leadership objections and unwillingness to do anything. Uh, The media is not interested in government corruption to the degree they are, it's generally to promote more government spending and socialism. They don't take the approach that Judicial Watch does, that government corruption is endemic to big government. If you like big government, you don't want to expose its corruption. Uh, Congress, is compl- uh, you know, Congress is a dysfunctional ed- uh, entity. The founders would be aghast of what Congress has been, become. Under our constitutional system, The preeminent branch of of government is the legislative branch. They appropriate all the money, they raise all the taxes, there'd be no army, there'd be no military, there'd be no judiciary, there'd be nothing without congressional action. And yet the Congress sleepswalk through its work now. They write checks with their eyes closed, they don't provide oversight over the agencies, and when they do, it's it's half-baked and barely competent. So into the gap stands Judicial Watch. Uh, we, we are doing all the work that Congress should be doing. The Justice Department doesn't want to do this work. Uh, the agencies don't feel like they are answerable to the American people. So we use the court process to make them accountable. Uh, it's an imperfect process, but no one else is willing to do it. So I'm glad there are some other groups that are interested in doing this type of work. There are some groups on the left we sometimes work with. There are some groups on the right we sometimes work with that are interested in government corruption and uh, highlighting government transparency issues. There are members of Congress on both sides of the aisle we work with from time to time. But again, Judicial Watch is the largest and most effective government watchdog group, and we wouldn't know what we know about the IRS scandal, Benghazi, Clinton emails, Deep State Russia, all of that without... Uh, Judicial Watch. Much of that work has uh, been, there's much of those disclosures and accountability that comes with the disclosures is because of Judicial Watch. So uh, I'll end this answer with a comment about how great this country is. Because I don't think there's any other country in the world that I'm aware of that would allow a Judicial Watch to operate as freely as we're able to operate a citizens group that can go in and be on equal footing with the IRS, the State Department, the Justice Department. Get the attention of the president the way we do, in a good way, because he likes our anti-corruption work and likes to promote it.
So this is um, this is uh, it's frustrating. I know that sometimes Judicial Watch is doing all the work. I oftenly joke in the land of the blind, the one-eyed man is king, and we are the one-eyed man here in Washington D.C. because so few other people are doing the work. Congress doesn't want to do it for uh, you can you can count the reasons. So uh, we're happy. We are happy to do all the heavy lifting, but we uh, and I think you should demand that Congress step up and uh, the executive branch make fighting corruption an essential part of governments governance as much as raising your taxes and collecting your taxes. Um, next question. We have a train going by. Is the deep state real? Of course the deep state is real. Some people call it the shadow government. I used to call it the shadow government. I sometimes call it, I like this, the alt-government, the permanent bureaucracy, the administrative state. And this is the, this is the government bureaucracy and people who come in and out of it, political appointees of both parties, who are committed to the institutions and the administrative agencies before being committed to the principles of the republic. And anyone who stands against these administrative agencies, anyone who blows the whistle on them is to be suppressed and destroyed. They see Donald Trump as a threat, hence the attacks, leaks, spying, all of that on Donald Trump. But we see this with whistleblowers individually if you work in the, in the agencies. We see this in Congress where the deep state is well represented in the agencies, in Congress, where the agencies get virtually no oversight because the oversight committees are essentially arms of the agencies they're providing oversight over. It's that incestuous. And then you think the politician, the political appointees that come in and out, well, some of them are, are tough and they come in, uh, come in and they try to clean house. Well, woe to them because they often get destroyed by the bureaucracy. The bureaucracy in, this wa- in Washington, D.C. is uh, anti-conservative, it's anti-Republican, it's pro-Democrat, and very liberal. So these agencies are strongholds for liberalism. So they don't like any efforts philosophically, and of course their jobs depend on it, to cut back the size of government. And that's the deep state. What's going to happen with the Mueller special counsel? Boy, I wish I knew what was going to happen. I know what should happen. I know it should be shut down because of the corruption in its formation, the way it's been abused, the whole special counsel operation, the corruption targeting then-candidate Trump, whether the Justice Department and the FBI were protecting Hillary Clinton while working with literally Hillary Clinton's campaign vendor Fusion GPS to target President Trump, spying on his team, spending, sending spies as informants into his campaign, our government, and yet Mueller is harassing President Trump now. I think he should be shut down. I think the more likely outcome is that he will fizzle out because there was no collusion between Trump and the Russians. That's what he was hired to do. Everything else is a distraction and noise to make you think that he's legitimate and should be allowed to continue. At least the operation should be allowed to continue. By the time you see this, the Manafort verdict should be in one way or another. That won't change whether uh, Mueller should be allowed to continue or not. But there's because there's been no collusion between 
Trump and uh, Russia. And I would encourage you to look at the indictments that Mueller has issued on the Russia issue. Specifically, he indicted Russians on efforts to um, use cutouts and bots and plant stories pretending they were Americans on social media sites to influence the election, both for and against Donald Trump, and both for and against Hillary Clinton. Again, you remember that, for and against Donald Trump, for and against Hillary Clinton. So the Russians were indicted for planting uh, these false, uh, uh, using these cutouts to participate in our election process. I don't know if the indictment is even even good law or uh, a fair, uh, is, is, is uh, if they vi- vi- broke a law doing this, maybe they did, but it's an odd, it's an odd indictment. But the indictment most directly doesn't allege and specifically highlights uh, that there was no knowing collusion with any Americans. And there's another indictment of Russians that alleged that the Russians were uh, trying to hack into state election systems and also hacked emails of Democrats and Republicans. They don't want to mention it was Republicans, too, because that breaks the media narrative. Again, no collusions with, uh, with them, no knowing collusion by any American with the Russians on those two issues. So what else is there to investigate? Nothing. That's why I think the Mueller investigation is eventually going to peter out. And, but on the other hand, President Trump is the X factor. He fired Comey. He pulled Brennan's security clearance. And he's just the type of guy, when he sees all this corruption, who would say, you know what, enough is enough. Mueller's being shut down. So I hope he does that. And with the president, you never know. If it were any other president, I'd say Mueller will continue and eventually fizzle out in a year or two. Uh, But with President Trump, he could cut it short. And I hope he does. What can be done about all the corruption in Washington, D.C.? Well, there's a lot that needs to be done. Um, Judicial Watch is the key solution at this point. Uh, President Trump has opportunities to uh, take on the corruption more directly by, I think, one thing I would recommend he do is uh, force transparency on the agencies on these corruption issues because the deep state is keeping away many of the documents we're seeking. Congress has got to get its act together. So it's going to require major reform and oversight. But in the end, you know what's the most important thing that needs to be done to restrain corruption, fraud, waste, and abuse in Washington, D.C.? It's cut the budget. Less government, less corruption. (coughs) Government has less power, less opportunities to get in your hair and hassle you and harass innocent Americans in corrupt ways. We just have to fundamentally rethink uh, the size and scope of our federal government because its outrageous growth leads to corruption. And you know what? Many people in Washington, because they're so uh, uh, into the swamp, don't even recognize the corruption they swim in. I mean, they think it's okay for uh, Congress to do nothing. They think it's okay for... Uh, the administrative agencies to uh, not be controlled by elected representatives of the American people. And whole industries are based on that premise. So uh, it's going to take outsiders, it's going to take commitment, it's going to take leadership, 
The good news is I don't think it will take much leadership. It might take only one or two people to get it done. Because the American people want it done. It's just that the leadership doesn't. Change in leadership will lead to dramatic changes. But in the meantime, as I say, Judicial Watch is doing all the heavy lifting. Why won't Congress do anything about illegal immigration? Well, because most of Congress wants... Congress... uh, uh, my, My general line about immigration and Congress is immigration is controversial in Washington, D.C., because the politicians want to do something the American people don't want to do, which is grant amnesty. That's why it's controversial, because the politicians are at odds with the people. And uh, immigration is one of the few issues where the people are stopping the politicians from doing bad things in Washington, D.C., because the Chamber of Commerce on the Republican uh, right side, uh, industry, They all want open borders. They don't want immigration controls the way most Americans do. Uh, And the left is committed to open borders because uh, because of their globalist uh, crazed politics and they think they can import voters to uh, enshrine socialism here in the United States. The unions like it because they see more illegal immigrants and immigrants as clients for their public sector unions because they don't see immigrants as people coming in to work. They see immigrants as people coming in that government can provide services to, which is a very something Americans don't want. But despite that sort of unity, it's the American people that are stopping it. And it's an incredible story. So I don't want Congress to do anything about illegal, illegal immigration in the sense that if Congress does anything about immigration, it will be amnesty front and center, believe you me. Next question. Why aren't Lois Lerner, Peter Strzok, Andrew McCabe, James Comey, and all the rest of them in jail? Well, it's because of this corruption I'm telling you about. The deep state isn't going to put itself in jail. You have all these conflicts of interest where, in the case of Lois Lerner, you had the Justice Department colluding with Lois Lerner, the FBI under Robert Mueller colluding with Lois Lerner to put her in, to uh, figure out ways to prosecute the very groups that she was suppressing over at the IRS. Peter Strzok, she, he may go to jail. Andrew McCabe may go to jail. James Comey, he's a former director of the FBI. He's unlikely to go to jail. Our system has a very difficult problem in putting high-level government officials away. And the last question is, why should I support Judicial Watch? Well, I gave you 20, 25 minutes of reasons to support Judicial Watch, haven't I? No one else is doing the work that we're doing. We uncover records that even Congress can't get. The President of the United States is uh, uh, forced to rely on us to do the work that his Justice Department refuses to do. Congress relies on us to do the work that Congress refuses to do. We are an independent educational arm for the American people that tell them what's really going on in Washington. We are internationally known as a watchdog. We're a small group. We have about 50 people that work here. 
but we've got over 600,000 supporters. And Judicial Watch is uh, the only game in town, as I say, when it comes to fighting government corruption. And if you support Judicial Watch, you'll see that we report to you on the cases we're pursuing, we provide you updates, and you'll see results. The heavy lifting gets results. We get the documents. We get government uh, agencies to stop doing illegal things. We protect whistleblowers. Certainly Hillary Clinton knows about Judicial Watch. So does Bill Clinton. President Trump knows about Judicial Watch. All the Congress knows about Judicial Watch. Because we are a threat to to the deep state, the establishment, and to the swamp. And it's a Herculean task, but Judicial Watch is up to doing it. You know why? Because we have your support. And if you don't support us, you should. You should go online, support us at judicialwatch.org, or uh, you can go on Facebook and uh, through Twitter. You know, basically, you can find out about us through all those platforms. And it's easy to support our work, and I encourage you to join our movement. So that was our uh, that was eleven frequently asked questions uh, about Judicial Watch's work, and I'll be back here with you next week with another Judicial Watch update. Thank you for tuning in. You have just listened to Tom Fitton's weekly update on JW Talknet. Remember to subscribe and donate at judicialwatch.org/donate.